As financial pitfalls, drugs, alcohol, stress, depression, and other barriers invade a family's life, many parents find themselves at risk of being separated or already separated from their children. Research shows that a child who grows up without a stable home environment and without parents is more likely to have negative social, economic, cognitive, and academic outcomes. Lynette Horwath joins me to share about her church's Families Count Ministry, a local ministry of restoration and preservation for parents seeking permanency with their children. Welcome. This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, where the conversation is about fresh ideas in ministry, innovative approaches, and collaborative efforts. I'm your host, Dennis Weens, Vice President for Ministry Partnerships at SAT7 USA. My guest today is Lynette Horwath, and Lynette's a coordinator for a program called Families Count for St. John's County, Florida, as well as managing her church's participation in the Families Count program. Local churches have a platform to minister to and walk with broken families to experience successful restoration based on a foundation that only Christ can provide. So, Lynette, welcome to this podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm curious, what is Families Count? It's a program in the county as well as the church, so that's intriguing to me, and innovative and a fresh approach. So talk to us a little bit about Families Count. Okay, and it's a program that's going all over different states, relatively new to Florida. But it's a very unique intervention for families who have lost their children to the foster care system or who are in danger of losing their children. And the goal is to help reunite the family and keep the children living with the birth parents permanently. So I know it's uh, failing parents receive a court mandate to take a parenting class. Let's first of all talk about families that are failing. Who are we talking about? Uh, For the most part, these families have many multiple issues beyond the fact that they're not doing well with their parenting skills. I mean, that's rarely uh, something that's just isolated drug issues, other addictive behaviors going on in the family, poor role models that these parents have been exposed to in their growing up years. And very often they're families that have a very poor income. The marriage may be in trouble or it may be a man and woman living together. And as they fail with their their children, they are just seeing one piece of the iceberg of what's going wrong. In your local county, there's great uh, need. Um, Well, I mean, the foster care system is in place and the foster care system, as most people realize, is overburdened and overtaxed. So, um, and this is similar with counties all over the United States. um, The families that have failed in their parenting are given a plan, which is court mandated. And one of the aspects of that plan is they need to complete a parenting class. And aside from the ability to offer faith-based programs, most states have been limited to just offering secular programs. Lots of limitations with that because a family can pull up something that's a parenting class online, check off the box. Maybe they're sitting there painting their toenails, watching TV at the same time, and they aren't paying much attention at all. So there's no um, 
system in place with that to assure that the parents have really done anything significant with this parenting course. One of the two, these courses are expensive and uh, most of the families we're dealing with are in poverty or certainly have very limited incomes. And the parenting courses are typically $200 or more. That's very interesting as you describe some of these uh, parents that unfortunate situations are failing in their parenting skills. It seems like your county does provide some resources. Is that true? Very much so. And of course, a big goal of this is because it is faith-based that we will help this family either come to know Christ member by member, or at least have the opportunity to really share the gospel with them clearly and give them a backdrop that they can turn to, even if they don't embrace it immediately. Um, Some of them may have a Christian foundation or some Christian background in their lives, but it's probably way on the back burner. So one of the biggest incentives with churches offering this program is it's a way to embrace families that just wouldn't just walk through the church doors under any circumstances and offer this class. When they see that the class is free, that's a big incentive right there. So um, there have to be referrals coming in place from social services and, um, and uh, different organizations that uh, help the families find a program. So we have to promote those connections that they can offer this Christian faith-based program as an alternative now. So your church provides a resource free of charge for parents to take these courses and strengthen their situation, their marriage, their dynamics within the family unit, right? Um, Well, it really starts at the state level. Is your state in a position that um, court-ordered mandates can be given to faith-based organizations? So a couple of years ago, Governor DeSantis and his wife pushed through some initiatives to allow for um, court-based services to be offered by faith-based organizations. So this is relatively new in Florida, but it's been very successful in other states. So um, as an individual county, individual church, we just work to get the word out through Lifeline Christian Services, which is our overarching parent organization, uh, letting them know this is available and then seeking to find churches that are interested and um, get them lined up to learn about the program, go through a training, and be ready to start collaborating and offering the classes. It's a very intense program because the goal is to surround these parents with the love of Jesus, give them so much support and reinforcement, and remove the barriers so that there's no problem for them showing up for the class. It's a six-week series, and every week there will be a delicious meal served at the beginning. So we need people there cooking and preparing the food. We need a mentor for every person in the class, and we suggest the churches limit this to 16 participants. So it's a little uh, less intimidating with a large group, and so there's enough time for really good interaction with the parents. The mentor does not attend the classes, but keeps up with the family during the week, and uh, tries everything possible to encourage them, find out what they're doing. Are they doing any of the assignments? Are they following through? What, what barriers are they facing in their home? Uh, be willing to listen and be very un, you know, non-judgmental. We have transportation options available. So if a family has a broken car that week uh, or they don't have transportation at all, we have to have people lined up that will volunteer to get them to the class and three hours later be able to take them back home. 
So that can be on an on-call basis. It may not be there that we have that need every week. Also, some of these families will still have children in their home, and they can certainly bring the children along because we will be providing childcare every week as well. The children will go to the dinner with the families, have plenty of time to interact. Um, we encourage if foster parents can possibly come and meet them and maybe um, meet some of the obligations for family visitation, that they would come and you know get to know the uh, birth family a little bit. And, uh, and then, of course, we need a married couple that is going to co-lead and teach the six-week series of classes. So there's about two hours of actual biblically-based parenting curriculum that's offered each week. And then the, um, the beginning of the, the time is for just family connecting and relaxing. Many of these families don't have a normal dinner together. They don't know what a nutritious meal is. So uh, within the curriculum, there are things that address budgeting and um, not just strict parenting skills, but some of the whole um, sense of what it's going to take to operate a family successfully. And then, of course, biblical principles are pulled into it. And that's the basis and the core of the training, which makes it so much different than the secular courses. Very good. And I think that uh, as you think about this, and for those that are listening, your county might have one of these programs or your church could offer your county to participate with them and be collaborative with your local county uh, foster care program to offer some of these. And so we'd encourage you to get in contact with us if you go to sat7usa.org slash volunteer. There's a place uh, there to fill in your information, and in the notes, put in Lynette or this podcast, and we'll reach out to you, and Lynette can share more information uh You've got to have a lot of stories of life change, of uh, strength in families. Um, do you have some illustrations of people you've seen come through the program that are champions now? Yes. There is one couple that came and started, and they had the typical problems that Enley family has. Usually these families come in the first week and they're fairly defensive. They don't necessarily want to be there. They don't, they're not sure that Christian-based program. What does that mean? Um, so they're not ready to just embrace everything. But by the end of the first class, generally families are really excited because they can see that people care about them. They're showing a personal interest in them. They're um, really, really helping them feel relaxed and welcomed. Um, so this particular family went through the program and um, they, they came to faith in Christ, both the husband and wife. They stayed with the church and got involved. And um, because the uh, couple that taught the class were, oh, they were like in their 50s, they wound up joining a Sunday school class that was a 50s group, but they were embraced by that group and they loved it. And in the long run, after a period of time of growing in their faith and growing in their parenting skills, they ultimately offered to teach the class themselves. So now, rather than having, you know, just volunteer parents that want to do this, and it's a good idea, and they have a successful marriage, here's an example fresh from parents that have, they, they can check, say, we've done this, and it works, and you can be successful. I'd encourage you to get on our website, sat7usa.org, that's S-A-T, the number seven, usa.org, slash volunteer, and you can go down, scroll down a little bit and fill in the information, and in the message box, uh, mention Lynette 
and pod this podcast, and we'll reach out and give you information that you can check this out for your own church and check out with your state whether your state has mandated parenting classes like this. Uh, this is a really an innovative and fresh way to help strengthen families in the communities around the church. Now, Lynette, I want to change a little bit because you're also a volunteer for Sat Seven. And uh, Sat7, of course, is a Middle East broadcast media ministry based in the Middle East. And you learned about it a few years ago, and you really wanted to volunteer. What attracted you to volunteer for Sat7? Well, to take it a step back, I've always had a heart for missions. And I guess I thought at my age in life, retired, I probably would be on a foreign mission field. But somehow things didn't come together to work that way from where I'm at in, in life right now. But I really wanted to be involved in um, something working for the Lord internationally. And I, I started to get information about how people in the Middle East and then the Muslim world were having dreams and visions about Jesus appearing. And it just struck my heart that I really needed to get a heart for myself, for the Middle East, and really care about what is going on. And then uh, shortly after that, um, well, I had a missions trip involved with my own church that was going over to the Middle East. And then I also received this link for uh, a Miriam song, which was something that Sat7 put out that had kind of gone viral at that point in time of this little girl that had uh, chosen to forgive ISIS living in an Iranian refugee camp. And she was interviewed and shared her heart for forgiveness, even though her home had been taken away and her family was living in abject poverty in this uh, refugee camp. And so uh, seeing the links to Sat7, I checked on it online and I thought, wow, this is amazing. And within a very short period of time, I contacted Sat7. I want to volunteer with this. I'm just in the process of going to retire soon. But as soon as I retire, I really want to spend a lot of time helping with this ministry. Because if I can't be the hands and feet of Jesus over there, I can do what I can behind the scenes to enable and enhance what's going on there. Yeah, you mentioned Miriam. Uh, if you go to the website, uh, go to the web and you type in the search uh, box, uh, Refugee Girl Forgives ISIS or Iraqi Refugee Girl Forgives ISIS, it'll come up because Sat7 had millions and millions of shares. It was shared around the world. It was translated into, I think, 13 or more languages, and uh, it, her story's still out there. There's also a sequel uh, to that as well. So I encourage you to watch that uh, video and have some Kleenex because it's um, it'll bring some tears as this girl just a few kilometers from ISIS uh, operatives forgives them for taking everything away and forcing them into being a refugee. So, yeah, we really appreciate uh, your work as a volunteer. What are some ways someone could get involved, like you're volunteering, you call, you you are an advocate for Sat7. What are some ways people can uh, be involved in Sat7 here in the U.S.? Uh, well, one way would be to be able to, to come part of my Sat7 Ambassadors which is a very informal group of individuals across the United States that are seeking to do what they can to promote SAT7, pray for us, um, look for opportunities to help gain financial support. We here in the U.S., our U.S. office is very much behind the scenes as far as the actual ministry that's going on by our international uh, workers in those countries. But we're here to support and um, really 
get the word out of what we're doing and um, be the arm behind the scene making things happen that the people that are that are working in the Middle East at our broadcast studios can't possibly do. They can't raise support for themselves to uh, do what they're doing. So my network of volunteers, um, I send them out a list of possible things they could do to volunteer, and it's all optional other than a regular commitment to prayer. Um, I'm, I'm there for them. I can pray with them. I can encourage them if they're going to do a presentation, let's say at their church. Um, I'm happy to be part of that. If they need new suggestions and fresh ideas, uh, it's it's a very easy opportunity to serve the Lord because it's it fits into your schedule as you can get it to fit in. Right. It is a time commitment, and it's called Sat Seven Ambassadors. We encourage you again to get on the website sat7usa.org. That's S-A-T, the number seven, USA.org. And if you look at the tabs, ways to be involved, and then you scroll down, there's volunteer. Fill in your name and information. And in the message box, type Lynette and then um, volunteering. And, uh, you know, we're helping steward resources to this vision to see a growing church across the Middle East and North Africa, to see a church that's confident in its faith and in its witness, that's contributing to its culture and to its society. And Lynette mentioned fundraising as well. Uh, The emphasis for volunteers is more on prayer and building awareness. But it's interesting that if you take our global budget divided by the total number of documented viewers, it costs about a dollar per year per documented viewer. So very cost-effective way to invest financially in this vision uh, to make the gospel available to everybody in the Middle East and North Africa. So, Lynette, we appreciate your work in advocacy and volunteering for Sat7, as well for families in your community, broken families that need help, and the way that your church reaches out helps strengthen those families as well. So again, um, we appreciate uh, Lynette and all her work. Um, Yes, I think something that's very nice, first of all, Sat7 is very collaborative in everything we do, working with all kinds of mission organizations, and Families Count is very much that way too. We work collaboratively with other churches because you can tell from what I've shared, it's a very intense program, Uh, but we work at the county level to have at least about six churches involved spread out in the county so that there's an opportunity for um, these churches to rotate. And um, any one church may only be offering this program two or three times a year. So it, um, it gives a break. And then there's a little more time to follow up with the families that you've been nurturing through that session. So, um, yes, collaboration is so important, and um, it's, it's always extra special to be part of an organization that is collaborative. Our resources are your resources. Anything we can share to enhance your ministry, we want to do, and that's so much what SET7 is about. I trust that some of you listening will get on our website and connect with Lynette so you can be part of her network of uh, ambassadors and uh, joining the prayer team and being more informed. If you have a question for Lynette, uh, she has a lot of uh, experience in the nonprofit world. Uh, she has management-level employment through the Arthritis Foundation. She's worked at several countywide collaborative health departments. She's worked with Slavic Gospel Association. She's worked with the Wildflower Free Medical and Dental Clinic. She's been a part of development there at the Jacksonville Zoo and the PAC Prevention Coalition. 
So, Lynette, you have a lot of experience, and I'm sure some of our listeners will want to tap into your knowledge of the nonprofit world and what you're doing for local community, but as also what you're doing for Sat7, who is international. So, again, Lynette, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure to share when you're passionate about something and, and uh, help other people catch the enthusiasm and uh, move forward as we all work to further the gospel and the Great Commission. Thank you. You're very welcome. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7 as a broadcast media ministry is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.